Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. This episode contains convivial chat, loads of music, and occasionally strongly held views. Before Christmas, normal Cacophony took a break during the Football World Cup, whilst I curated a companion piece, not the World Cup of largely classical music. I paired up each of the teams in round one of the football with short pieces of music and asked listeners to vote for one, their favourite I guess. And then the winners got points and progressed through as with the football. It was eventually won by Germany, beating Mexico in the final, and the whole thing was really cool and loads of fun. Not the World Cup featured 110 pieces by 107 composers from 32 countries. It was quite epic in the end and threw up loads of music that was new to me. It got called a glorious celebration of classical and world music. I wanted to revisit some of the music and some of the interesting things that came up, so I got together with my friend Lev Perikian. Lev's a conductor who knows a thing or two about music, and he's also a writer who knows a thing or two about foolish Twitter competitions. Most importantly for this, he was a keen follower of Not the World Cup. Wine was drunk, Pages of notebooks noisily turned, distant pianos played. Then we talked about the music and how we listen, the baggage and bias we bring, things we loved, and the value of open ears and open hearts. I thought it would be fun to sit down with somebody who listened to some of it. Yeah, I've, I've now listened and to all of it. Now you've listened to all of Yay. it, which is awesome. Well, bits of all of it, and like, we can talk about that as well. Lev has a book in front of him. He's got notes and everything. Pieces. Paper and pencil and all of the pieces listed as ticks. Well, it's some ticks. Against things that he likes there's, and there's not some ticks proper against crosses. things that he doesn't like and crosses again. Yeah, there are not many crosses. One thing I loved, I found myself very drawn to the Costa Rican entries, in particular that lovely slow waltz. Absolutely. Um, and Is that, that Dolores Castaneda? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. It's beautiful music. And it really made me think of the Cuban Buena Vista social world, Ruben Gonzalez where you have this fantastic melancholy that is just suffused through the, the music. It's wonderful. I seemed to alight on quite a lot of piano pieces like that. Mm. With that sort of wistful sort of... Yeah. And they didn't have words, but you could imagine what the words would be. Yeah. So there's something about that, and they're similar in the, the Portuguese Fado, which has that. It is slow, and the harmonies are interesting... And there's just this sense of not deep, throbbing sadness and overwrought melodramatic sadness. It's just it underpins everything um, and makes you just sit and go, ah, yeah, like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's definitely the feeling I got from the Dolores Castagnaro. There was a genuineness about it. Yeah. Just an honest... Not pretending to be anything else. So that was good. One of the things that surprised me early on, the first Spanish piece... Mm. I played was Enrique Granados and yeah. his Andaluza, which really falls into that bracket. Mm. And it lost. <laughs> it might be playing Costa Rica. Yeah, it was playing against the Costa Rican, against the Fonseca. Okay. Which I've given a big tick to, even though yeah. I can't actually now remember what it sounds like. They were both lovely pieces.
piano stuff is so interesting. In yeah. And of, in and of itself. It's a great demonstration of the different ways you can write for the piano. And interesting to see the different approaches. Who was the one that did uh, the quite prepared piano very type pre- thing? Very prepared piano, wasn't um, it? Iris Shaggy's Perpetual Mobile yeah. from yeah. Switzerland. Okay, that was one that I, when I first listened to it, I thought I would need to be in a particular mood to find this interesting. Yeah. And today I really wasn't in that mood at all. <laughs> Which does kind of make you realise that sometimes what you actually need to do is set aside some time and just listen to that music. It's only five minutes of your life. Yes. And that's all you're going to do. It's entirely possible that those pieces that I abandoned after 20 seconds would have gone on to do something different and surprising. So this was one of the things I noticed. We were not sort of naming things and going, oh, I hated that. Let's be generous. But 30 seconds in, or even 20 seconds in, you're going, yeah, okay, I get this. I'm not that grabbed by the sound world that this piece inhabits. It's not going to take me to a different place. That's a really interesting thing as well. It's something people say about writing as well, any kind of art that you experience in real time, so a film. The opening shot, the opening paragraph, the opening phrase can give you a real indication of how good it is or how, you know, what, what, you're, what you're in for. Should we do the Jenkins-Williams? Group two, match one, USA versus Wales. John Williams' Olympic fanfare. One of the best pieces ever of, written about anything. Yeah. Versus Carl Jenkins' thing. Very fine piece. <laughs> A very popular piece. A very too. fine it piece of its kind. Yeah. It doesn't particularly speak to me because it is. Pastiche can be fine and it's kind of pastiche y. It has a, it no, has a sort of mock baroque thing going on. It has a mock classical thing. And you actually, I'd just much rather listen to Bach, thank you very much. Whereas with the John Williams, you just go, yes, this is absolutely, you know, from note one. You've got that military film vibe going on and that is that is his craft he's an absolute master of bringing the image whether the image is there or not that's the thing it's it's quite easy to listen to a lot of film music and go okay this is nice enough and if you've seen the film you can remember what it portrays but I think the strength of so much of his music is that even if you haven't seen the film, you, it says something and it will bring you... The obvious example is Jaws. Yes. Yeah. Two notes. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of the water, everybody. No! <laughs> Just two notes. Yeah. I can't listen to the John Williams without it making me cry. It doesn't matter how many times I hear it. Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it? It's, it's astonishing. It's so good. Yeah. And then I put it on again to check. <laughs> if it was that good. There was a much higher degree of curation involved than I'd given thought to. Yeah. 
trying to find pieces that either worked well together. Yeah, yeah or I was going to say about that. Or, or um, contrasted in sufficiently as to... I thought you did that brilliantly. I think the, the one that really jumped out at me was the beautiful synchronicity of the Villa Lobos' little train to Kyperia. And Honegger's Pacific 231. Oh, yeah. How many pieces of music have actually been written about trains? Not, Not many. that many. <laughs> so the fact that you had these two quite niche uh, musical nations from oh, Western Point um, in the same group, so you could actually have two orchestral pieces both depicting trains, yeah. both doing the job really well. So that was quite fun. But also the way you managed to match that beautiful solo violin piece uh, Rain Ishmael. Ishmael, yeah. And Darshan. And, yeah, and then against the Iranian. And that was a really, really interesting contrast because you've got a solo violin, which is a great Western classical music instrument, which solo music has been written for for centuries, against something that is an instrument that would not be familiar to Western music listeners, and but equally uh, expressive and equally beautifully played in its idiom. And actually, if you if you take the two pieces without any prior knowledge of the cultures, it would really be very hard push to, to choose between them, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It? And of course, Rena Esmail, the American composer, has Indian roots. Mm. You know, she's got feet very comfortably in both cultures. Yeah. Writing music that's her yeah. and speaks to that. And I've got to say thank you to someone who put a comment mm. on the website at cacophonyonline.com yeah. after listening to the earlier Iranian things and was saying, you know, thanks for doing this thing. And she said, are you going to do any traditional Comanche music? And I didn't know yeah. any. Can I get one yeah. more thing yeah, yeah. off my chest? Yes. Pilots Angelicus is a, just not a very good piece of music. Something that I've known going to weddings over the years, and you only realise that when it's put up against a piece of Moroccan Sufi music, which makes you go, hey, that's brilliant. It's nice to listen to, and it's engaging, and it's energetic. Yeah. And it's sung by people who actually want to sing it. Yes, and they're, they're both devotional pieces yeah, of music. Yeah, and the, the one that would convert me to that religion is not Pius and Jerkis, I'm sorry. Nationalism, colonialism, borders and yeah. nationality. Yeah. The countries that colonised outside Europe. That'll be us then. Us. And the French the and Spanish, the Belgians. The Belgians, Portuguese. Yeah. How their music travelled to different places has been one of the fascinating things for me. Yeah. Because the Latin American music yeah. is of a world with the Spanish and Portuguese music. Definitely. Yeah. The African music, the countries that made it through to this World Cup, mm. were either colonised by the British, Ghana, yes. yeah, yeah. or colonised by the French, all the others. <laughs> and for Ghana, there was a piece of piano music mm. and a couple of pieces of 
There was a choral, there was a choral, yeah, gospel yeah, gospel pieces. For the countries that were colonised by the French, they seem to have much less Western-influenced mm. classical music. But I didn't notice that, but you obviously you immerse yourself more deeply into it than I did, so that pattern well, it, would have shown itself. Yeah. There's a sort of a French jazziness in the West African music. Yeah. So they've absorbed that from the time when recording took off. It's like French pop music from the beginning of recorded era. There is an orchestra in Tunisia. Yeah. But there aren't orchestras in Senegal or Morocco. Or Cameroon. Or Cameroon. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting, yeah. And yet there are half a dozen orchestras in Costa Rica and Ecuador. Mm. I had a conversation at a party I went to on Saturday night where I praised this and he said that's because the Spanish built concert halls and opera houses for the colonisers yeah, yeah. so they could still enjoy this thing that they were enjoyed from back home yeah. and maybe the French just didn't, just do, didn't that. do that it was a long list of countries steeped in classical music that didn't make it to this World Cup Czech Republic Hungary and Finland weren't there and Russia weren't there Norway you could have had Grieg and obviously Sibelius, who would have won the whole thing, frankly. Oh, Italy. And Austria. Austria, no Mozart. And no Venetian music. This didn't get through to the World Cup. I suppose that depends on when in history you're actually saying, what is this nation? Yeah. Lassus. Mm. Lassus goes into Belgium, but Belgium yeah, didn't exist at the time. Yeah, it wasn't a thing. If Italy had got actually been not so bloody effective as to be knocked out in the qualifying, then we'd have had the whole the whole Verdi thing of, you know, the great Italian composer. Was Verdi not Italian? Yeah, he was Italian, but Italy wasn't Italy. Right, um, yeah. And Vivaldi was an Italian composer, but he was a Venetian composer. Well, and Venice wasn't Italy. It was its own... One thing that I come up against a lot when I'm doing the Cacophony podcast is there's nationalism that we don't like. And uh, there are some countries where their inherently nationalistic music... Mm is considered to be a good thing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, here is an example of Czech nationalism. And we like that because, well, because they it's, didn't dominate anybody else. Yeah. And that was an expression of resistance. Finland is yeah. another great example. We are oppressed and we express our pride in our nation against yeah. the terrible people who are trying to take it away from us. Even when our nation doesn't exist. Yes. Yeah. You know, often, especially then. Then, to deal with the composers that we do have, mm. we have Percy Granger, who's Australian, but spent most of his time living in Europe or America. Yeah. We have composers like Malik Azara from Morocco, who now lives in America. Mm. Joseph Boulogne, the Chevalier de Saint-Georges. Yes. Who yeah. I put in as Senegalese because his mother was Senegalese. Yeah. But equally, he could have been... Well, he was Creole. It's... it's French. So... You know, it's like footballing residency, and when you yeah, when you choose when you choose who somebody plays for, um, it's and often very arbitrary the decisions. It reminds us that music is global, and the things yeah. that the things that are important is what touches us and yeah, and moves us and brings us joy and absolutely. So we need to talk about horse thump. Yeah, <laughs> horse thump's probably the most embarrassing thing. Really? Because it's, cause it's Mongolian and it's not Korean. Oh. And so I should have... I owe a huge apology I to... I should have apologised to the world and... To all... Taken them out of action. Yeah, but... 
But terrific stuff, isn't it? Amazing. <laughs> so what's weird about it from the Western music perspective is that it's a Western orchestra. And they're all playing something else. And they're all else. playing something else. They're all playing odd instruments that we don't know. But they're all playing equivalent instruments. So you've got a load of things that could be cellos but aren't cellos. And you've got a load of things that could be flutes but aren't flutes. But you've also got tr- fairly conventional Western percussion instruments alongside other... Yeah, all from all the same brands. Yeah, that, all the same brands. You've you got the Peisty Gong and yeah. you know, Zildjian cymbals and Adam's bass drum. And, and we were talking about films just now and the woodwind instruments all look like the things that they're playing in the bar at the end of um, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and having seen Return of the Jedi, yeah. I thought, oh, that, you know, that's inventive and imaginative. And it's not. He just went to, you know, he just, he just, he just went to Korea. Or Mongolia. Yeah, or yeah. Mongolia. So that was really interesting and great and something that when we go, oh, okay, I need to listen to that again and watch it again and see what these instruments yeah. are. The whole thing was a real, for me, a real eye-opener because you just go, okay, I really don't know anything about music at all, actually. I know quite a lot about a very, very narrow portion of the world's music. Yeah. And it's not even about being, oh, world music and trendy. It's just kind of actually listen to things with different ears. I think some of the things that people... I think it is quite hard to wrap your western ears round a different scale so the Iranian music and anything that's composed or performed around a scale that isn't our normal scale is quite hard to tune into I think that's one of the interesting things about Korea mm. and Eun Suk Chin who's very famous and well known mm. And she writes what we in Western classical music circles would call quite difficult music. Mm, mm. And she's written a lot of quite, quite difficult, difficult music <laughs> that I didn't put in the World Cup because it's quite difficult, difficult. music. Well, uh, see also Takemitsu. Uh, yeah. Because actually that's probably his funkiest piece that you, that you put yeah, in. Yeah. yeah, I thought I did um, a good if not entirely representative job of finding <laughs> <Japanese> something <laughs> that would be accessible. Ultimately, I put it in because I really liked it. Yeah, it's a good piece. There were very with, few pieces that I really the, just didn't like at all. With so. the chin mm. and with some of the Korean composers that didn't make it into the pieces that I ended up using for Korea, yeah. there's a lot of very angular, very challenging music to my ears. Mm. And then when you hear horse thump and you think, oh, th- but they have a different terms of reference. Yeah. They have a different sound world that they're coming from. So the the music that they're written in Western style is coming from their world. Yeah, but it's again you say it's you know it's got it's got a foot in both camps. What was also interesting is that the things that possibly grate bizarrely about Middle Eastern music. I shouldn't really be saying that because that's part of my own heritage, uh, my Armenian heritage, is that listening to those kind of scales for me. Maybe it's the repetitive nature of some of the the music, the songs or the the instrumentals that doesn't quite um, tick the boxes for me. But that's not something I feel at all about the African music, which also has an approach to tonality or what we would call intonation that, well, that's that's not in tune, is it? 
but actually yes. there's something more mesmerizing somehow to me and more natural and that's probably to do with rhythms what struck you in africa uh what was the camera there was a cameroonian one that i loved i think it might be the Amarine Nuncio, Kukuluka, yes. Kukuluka. yes i think it probably is Scarcely a day goes by without that being played in our yeah. house at the moment. And I think for that piece, it just made me feel really happy. Yeah. Just, you know, oh, this yeah. is great. Which doesn't mean that, oh, I only want happy music, because it's, it's actually just coming from a place of great energetic joy, which, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, just, very, it's just very honest music, I think. That was one of the things that strikes me now looking back at the music that I chose to put in is that I often went for music that was most joyful. Mm. And, you know, that's a case in point. Horse Thumb also. Yeah. You know, when I found Horse Thumb, it just this made me great. smile so much. And it's like, wow. But again, you contrast that with the the um, the Costa Rican piece, the, the Slow Waltz. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel joyful. No. But it just taps into certain emotions, moods. Sometimes that mood is just energy. Like, um, the short ride, John Adams. Yes. Which is just absolutely kind of... You cannot sit still with that music. You immediately... That, 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 okay, I'm tapping something. Oh, I'm tapping out of time. What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a crazy piece. And it, that is very... It's actually... It starts so simple because it has that driving thing but it isn't it's very complex yes but i think if we're talking about the so-called sophisticated educated musicians from britain or america or europe whatever we might tend to favor that kind of complexity over simplicity So a piece like the Cameroonian wedding band. Yeah. Who were, you know, four guys yeah. jamming. Yeah. And, and you eavesdrop on that. Yeah. I thought that was wonderful. It's wonderful. But also there's, once you actually... And, t- and t- t- complex. There's complex. There's been cross so rhythms. I've not much experience, but my mate's in Ensemble Bash, great percussion quartet. Chris Granite has you know, gone, gone deeply into Guyan percussion music. And he's figuring out not just the actual percussion, but how to make it feel natural and 
feel just like this is spontaneous and it's just incredibly difficult. Different kinds of complexity, I suppose. I'm so glad you chose that clip of Libertango, which is Piazzolla playing with his band. Yes. Yeah. It's such a famous tune and has been, you it's know, a, a covered so many times. So that was great to see, To see, you know, when you see anything played by the composer. Yeah, okay, well, there's a, there's a hint of authenticity about that. I did wonder sometimes in music that wasn't from Europe, music that came out of traditions from other places, if I was drawn to older stuff. Right. I don't know if I felt that gave it more classical authenticity Depth. or something yeah, yeah. like that, which is why maybe the Qatari music doesn't speak to us. Yeah, possibly. Quite strangely, or interestingly for me, that the, those orchestral pieces that you know, they're all very well produced and very much in the sort of schmaltzy western film music kind of style. Yeah. And showing no trace, really, of any Qatari cultural heritage. None. It's something that's well crafted, but it's well crafted. Well, I suppose what I was. And it was well crafted and it was good, it was nice, and I listened to it and it was pleasant, but it didn't make me go, oh, wow, that's great. And there were other things that were, in quotes, more authentic that didn't make me go, oh, that's great. I tried very hard when I was in the ones I did manage to vote on to suspend all my bias. So my biases are towards orchestral music, probably, because that's my job, and things that have a good rhythm, because that used to be my job, being a percussionist. And even though I can't dance, I'm actually quite drawn towards the Latin American dancing music, and my biases are probably against anything that's early. <laughs> yes. Um, and the illustration of this is that in group one, round one, the one that I didn't get more than 20 seconds into was the Dutch lute music. Oh, really? Yeah, no, not for me. Oh, just, it's really good. Really, I probably, yeah, I'm sure it is, but just really not for me. It can be beautifully played, and it can be beautiful music, or uh, I just, it doesn't, my reaction to hearing a lute is kind of okay and again that's probably prejudice and bias but everybody has their own biases but then I was absolutely entranced by the lassus and I'm sure that's to do with something to do with the, the sound world that inhabits which takes you somewhere up My biases, I guess, kind of come through in the music that got chosen. 
Yes. Which is, you know, there's orchestral music. There's piano music, but, a bit of chamber music occasionally. But I'm interested to know, actually, because there's so much that we know of particularly German music in those particular genres, piano music and, um, and orchestral music, how you chose... Why did you go for Egmont and why did you go for Mendelssohn Scottish and why did you go for the Schumann? I know why you went for the Schumann because it's brilliant. Yeah, it's really hard, actually. It was really hard. I could have taken 15 different choices and we could have ended up with something totally different and it really did feel like being the manager of a sports team. Yeah. And you got the, 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 deciding who's and going the, to take the, the penalties in which order. Yeah. You know. Looking at the semi-final, you got the, the Europeans in that age-old battle... France versus Germany and I think if it had been any other great French orchestral piece against Egmont I would probably have voted for you know if it had been Mother Goose if it had been La Mer if it had been La Valse yeah. the Roman Carnival I love Roman yes, Carnival. Right. I love Roman right. Carnival. It's got like two tambourines in it. Yeah, what, uh, yeah no. Could you, <laughs> four tambourines. <laughs> so that's just to illustrate how when you've got a repertoire that you are immersed in, yes. you can choose, you can mould it to your own desires. How right you are. And I want to say how difficult those choices were and mm. I wanted composers to be in once yeah and then to yeah. be gone especially in countries like france or germany yeah where there's lots of them yeah um so but also i felt sorry for whoever it was who was up against bach the french suite it was a french suite yeah. because people they're going to go well obviously bach is great because Yeah, but that was good. I only chose that Bach mm. because I felt it sat nicely alongside the camera. Yeah, and, and that's a brilliant choice because and actually there's a whole load of sort of counterpointy stuff going on and com- yeah, un- unheard complexity. They seemed to sit in the same yeah, 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 in the same. In the same sound world, and that that made sense to me to mm. go to Bach. Yeah. And you know, you said something earlier on about you could influence the choices by picking something that was really good against something that you knew to not be that really good. <laughs> yeah. And I really tried not to not do that. Um, no, it was very, very disciplined of you. Yeah. And it was hard for me. I don't know how I would have voted in some of those matchups. Because especially by the time you've chosen the pieces and you've done the research into music you've had country that you didn't know, <laughs> didn't know anything about and you find this fantastic Cameroonian woman mm. singing kookalooka kookalooka you know you want you want that to do really well yeah and then you get angry with people for not <laughs> not actually understanding so i was very impressed by that thing you just talked about how the matchups that you found of two pieces of music from different completely different cultures that inhabited a similar sound world whether it's through the instrumentation or just the style of the music 
Thanks, that's kind of you to say so. Well, I think it's, uh, it's true. That was one of the things that made it fun. You kind of click on something and go, oh, these aren't just two random pieces. That These are two things that actually make you think about the way you listen to music. Challenging preconceptions. Because I think we, you know, we talk about great music. And in recent years, of course, there's been a, a welcome broadening of the repertoire to include music written by people who weren't men. Yes. You know, yeah. and people who weren't white men. Yeah. And, and, and that, so that's on. something I I try and do the whole time with cacophony. Yeah. But not talk about it. I'm trying to sort of normalize. I think you, yeah, yeah, just, just I, do it. I'm trying, because to, you're talking about I'm, it, I'm trying to do it. You know, I'm talking about it now, obviously. I realised that actually you have to talk about it. Sometimes I get a bit pissed off. Yeah. At the sheer... Sort of narrowness. <laughs> narrowness yeah. and and the the battles that composers who are not men have had to face. Yeah. And the unevenness of the playing field. I had an episode recently on Emily Meyer. Yeah. Yes. And Cracking stuff. Uh, the yeah. Seventh Symphony, yeah. was it? Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. And I now want to... That moment you pinpointed where the, with the clarinet... Sorry. This is not going to make any sense to anybody who hasn't heard the podcast episode. Listen to Steve's uh, episode on the Emily Meyer Seventh Symphony. Have I got that right? Yes, you have. And you pinpointed a particular moment in the first movement where it's all going along quite nicely in a certain way, and then she does something which you go, "Oh, hold on, this is yeah. this is a different thing." Yes, but you know, Emily Meyer had a career. Yeah, she was a, a successful, a known person, woman composer, yeah. known to it everybody in Berlin and then she died and she hadn't got married because she was wedded to her aunt maybe mm. and that was that gone Poof. yeah so we have that welcome expansion of the repertoire from white blokes to people who weren't blokes and who aren't necessarily white and in the classical world that has set itself with more performances of those composers what this has done for me this world cup of music has made me... It's not that I don't listen to other forms of music, but what it's doing is placing them all in the same pot. It's just going, here's a load of music. Yeah. And listen to them on their own terms. And yeah. what do you think? And, yeah. of course, the conceit is that one is, quotes better than the other. And actually... They're not really, and we know that. So you're comparing two pieces of music that are com- from completely different cultures and having to choose that whether one is better than the other or not. Yes. It's fun, but it's not real. That's the ultimate funness, not realness of this yeah. thing. The great thing about it is that it doesn't, it doesn't matter, and yeah. you can vote for Mexico over Germany, and it doesn't stop you listening to both. Let's touch on the final. The final, you had Mendelssohn's Scottish Symphony. And Gabriella Ortiz Anthropolis. Yes. Uh... The Mendelssohn I honestly didn't put in there just to do a pun about the Scottish getting to the World Cup final. I love the Mendelssohn. Mm. It's just great. The Scottish Symphony is a funny one because it's one of those pieces that just always been there. Yeah. And you take it for granted. And then whenever I conduct it, I go, oh, yeah, this is really good. Yeah. This is really good. I find, from a performing point of view, getting the final bit of the last movement. Yeah. The bit after the handbrake turn. To make that land is very difficult, I think, because Mm. it has a sort of simple radiance to it. After all the frenetic, hooky-tooky stuff beforehand. That sort of simple radiance was a kind of like a culmination that I felt like going for. 
I was pleased that Mexico got through to the final because it gave me another opportunity to put another piece by Gabriela Ortiz in. Yes. But did um, you think that maybe the semi-final was their final? They always say no, that about football teams. So Morocco have got to the semi-finals, but that quarter-final was their final. No, because um, I, I preferred the Costa Rican piece in the yeah. semi-final. Remind me what the Costa Rican piece was. Eddie Mora. Yes. Procession. Yes. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah, which I enjoyed. It's really quite moving and um, yeah. powerful. That was up against Jose Pablo Moncayo's Huapan, which is a, yeah, which it's is a, a Mexican staple. It's a, in that, yeah, fun piece. favourite. Bit repetitive? Yeah. Bit too repetitive? It depends on how much you're enjoying the bits that, that have been repeated. <laughs> you know, if you're really into, into it, then it carries you along. If not, then you go, okay, change it a little bit, please. Who'd you go for? I would have gone for the Costa Rican. Gabriella Ortiz is for me one of the discoveries of the, the whole thing. Yeah, and the piece that she represented Mexico with in the first two rounds, mm. uh, Caramari, I thought was just fantastic Cracking stuff. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. And Antropolis, perhaps I think Caramari is a, a piece of music that I enjoy more in and of itself. Um, it's interesting because she was up against the Hinastera, wasn't she, in the group stage? And I'd always thought, I really like Inestera. Then listen to that, I think, oh, that's a bit poundy, isn't it? <laughs> poundy and screechy. And it's not subtle. It's been, for me, it was a real, as I say, it's a real eye-opener to ear-opener, both, because it just makes you consider all music on the same terms, and it's all gone into one great big thing where this is all music, and you can listen to it with more open ears. Do you have a favourite piece from the whole thing? Oh, we need to listen to all 96 again, don't we? <laughs> um, do I have a favourite piece? No, I don't. Old me would probably say that... They, uh... Hang on, wrong question. Because the Ravel, right? Yeah, it's the We've Ravel. said the Ravel. Yeah. Um, but also either the Williams or the Adams. Interestingly, <laughs> the two Americans. Um, so let's say, of the pieces that were new to you, of the new pieces, I think are oh, lovely, and I can't remember its name, which is terrible. The Cameroonian song that gave is. us, yeah, it gave us huge joy. And Marie Nuncia. Yeah. And that Andreessen piano piece, not what I expected from his music. And a definite honourable mention for the Esmail solo violin piece. Again, knew nothing yep. of that composer, and uh, it was beautifully played. 
mm. and really well written for the instrument. Great. Thanks really for good. playing. Thanks for playing. Thanks for inviting me to play. It was a blast. Maybe we'll do a little playlist and then that will make the episode feel a bit more like a cacophony episode. Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Click on the links and we'll listen to some music from the 96 pieces that were in not the World Cup of largely classical music. All 110 pieces can be found in various playlists on the Not the World Cup page at cacophonyonline.com. If this is your first time listening to Cacophony, episodes are normally focused on one piece of music and are much shorter. Do check it out if you've not listened before. If you've enjoyed Not the World Cup or like Cacophony and would like to support us, please click on the link to the page at coffee.com where you can make a regular or one-off contribution. Please come back for more next time, and thanks for listening.